0: With is a current event, and uh, this week's current event, of course, is going to be what happened the horrible thing that happened in Las Vegas. And there's a question that comes out of that, which I'll deal with in a minute. But um, let me just say, Lord, touch those in Las Vegas, touch those, Lord God. I have stood in that very same spot where those people were shot, and I have great passion, compassion for them. And I pray, God, that you touch and heal the families. We, we, we grieve the loss of life, the 58 or so, I believe, who, who died. We pray, God, that your hand would be upon each family. We pray for those hundreds that were injured. We pray for healing in their bodies as well and in their emotions. And I thank you and give you praise for your hand upon them in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. Amen. What I want to do is um, uh, deal with a question that comes out of that kind of event. Uh, And the question is about gun control. What do I think about gun control Uh, would be the normal question that's kind of rising in the news. There's a verse in John chapter 18, verse 10, that I, I think kind of brings light to what this argument would be if you went back to Jesus' day. The question would be, what about sword control? Because back in those days, it was about carrying a sword. Paul talked about it in a sermon we did a couple of weeks ago where he said he had to fight off bandits. And one of the things that I think people struggle with is the balance between... Um, having a gun or protection for yourself in a situation where you have no other options, and whether you need a machine gun. I I think that the answer to that question can be resolved if we were all talking to each other. I think the problem we have is, and you'll see this later, that a house divided against itself cannot stand. And I often say this, a house divided against itself can't make a decision and if we can't talk, we can't come to reasonable agreement. Um, I feel that there is some room for discussion about gun control. I think there's some reason for discussion, especially when you see these mass killings. But I do think that the, the bottom line uh, of Scripture is that they carried swords. They, they, were, they, were, they had to defend themselves. They were in a world that was very violent and very difficult to manage. And so I think within the bounds of the law in this country, you have the right to bear arms. That is not true in England. That is not true in other places around the world. And in those countries, you have to take a different stance. But I think the Bible says Peter carried a sword and uh, now he he assaulted somebody, but thank God Jesus healed him. He cut off the guy's ear. Um, But I think um, that would be my biblical answer to that. Now, that may not be perfect for everybody, but that's all I can say because I think, one of, the, one of the issues we face is trying to have a final answer for everything, and I don't. Part of the problem is, again, we don't talk. We're we divided, and as long as we're divided, we can't come to fair resolutions. So if you heard that, say amen. All right, here we go. Beginning questions. We've got four of them, and we have how many online? We've got about four, four questions online. Okay, good. Um, first of all, let's start with what is my view of the current political leadership? Um, I, I, you can, if you listen to the questions, there's some spicy thoughts about the president, about the politics of today, and people were kind of, even the staff, like, are you going to talk about that? I said, sure, why not? Why not? You want to hear what I think? I'm not saying it's the perfect answer, but I want to give you two things to think about when you start answering this question of how to respond or what do I think about leadership. The first thing is, I think that we are called in the Bible to submit to authority. Romans chapter 13, let me read it for you, verse 1 through 4 says, Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinances of God, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. Now, let me stop there and say this. The the ideal plan of God is for us to have people who lead us. And in this context, Paul specifically talks about government authority, and that's very important to the Romans because they were under a very strict Roman government authority. And so Paul was trying, let me show you how to think. And let, me, let me explain this. The Romans weren't fair. The Romans were abusive. The Romans had this big arena where they killed 5,000 people a month. A month. One more time. A month. One more time. How often? A month. They fed them to lions and they watched them in the arena as sport. These are not easy people to follow. These are not people that make, that are not, they're, they're just not the best leaders. But still in the midst of that, Paul spoke to them and said, God established authority. Now, the, it's the ruler's responsibility to do that in a way that's in your best interest. Look at the next verse. Verse 3, rulers are not a terror to good works. That's the ideal truth. They're not supposed to be a terror to people doing good. And it goes on and says, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. When you resist good leadership, you bring judgment on yourself. He goes further. Um, For rulers are not a terror to to good works, but to evil. That's They're supposed to be. Do you want to be unafraid? Do you want to be unafraid of authority? Do, read this out loud with me, please. Come on. Do what is good. That's the way it's supposed to be. And you will have praise from the same. That's the way it's supposed to be. Come on, say, that's the way way it's supposed to be. Verse 4, if you're a police officer, if you're a governor, if you're a mayor, if you're the president, anybody that's in any authority in leadership, here's what the Bible says. For he, he is God's minister, servant, to you for good. That's what he's supposed to be. Leaders, including myself, whoever's in authority in any capacity, should see themselves as responsible to do good, to create a good among those that they lead. That's my responsibility, which takes me to my second point. I'm supposed to be a servant leader. Can you say that word, please? Come on. Servant leader. Matthew chapter 20, verse 25 says this. Jesus called them to himself and said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and those who are great exercise authority over them. In other words, in the secular world, it's all about who's in charge, who's in charge, who's in charge. But it sh- yet, yet it shall not be so among you. Who's, read this with me, please, aloud. Whoever desires to become what? Great among you. Let him be your what? Servant Servant leaders. If I want to be a great leader, I need to be a servant leader. In my opinion, what's wrong with our current leadership and some of the trends that I see um, from the top down in many cases, and it's not just at the, at the, at the upper levels, it's at the lower levels, is we've gotten away from servant leadership. The attitude should be what can I do to make it better for you? And to create a vibe that says we're all moving in a positive direction. I think that when you get away from being a servant leader, if you're not careful, the, 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 the addiction to power, the, the bully pulpit, the, the power platform can cause you to tilt, and it also can highlight weaknesses in your life. And a lot of times what you're seeing is, is, is personal weaknesses, and a lot of times leaders grow in public. Uh, I am very, very saddened by what I see, um, and then specifically because you're going to ask me, what about the president, what do you think about that? Well, let me just tell you. Um, so you don't have to you just tell you, you, get it out and open. I'm not happy about a lot of the leadership choices I see because I'm a big believer in servant leadership I don't like leaving people in suspense I don't like leading people confusing people I don't like strife but I understand that I don't get to always choose my leader because we're in a political system we have to understand that we don't always get the final voice and when you have a leader in place that you don't like what do you do and I remember when Jesse Jackson used to say, stay out the Bushes, you know, talking about the Bush family. And I, I thought that was hilarious. Stay out the Bushes, you know. And then he, Clinton, they talked about him. and They talked about everybody. Everybody gets talked about. And here's the deal. I'm not justifying anything that's been done. There's, I can give you a list. But here's what I don't want to be. I don't want to be quoting CNN and, 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 see, and M- MSNBC like they're the Bible. And I don't want to quote Fox like they're the Bible either. Come on, say amen. I, I, Christians are turning into these, these debates where I'm sitting there debating what I heard on the news. And, and I just think that one of the tragedies of our day is we're divided. The biggest mistake we've made is divided from each other, and we're not listening to each other. A house divided cannot stand. Say that with me, please. Come on. A house divided cannot stand. And I put that verse in your notes for you because I want you to think about it. It's true. Mark chapter 3, verse 25, if a house is divided against itself, it cannot stand. And it cannot make a decision. And it cannot be fair. And if my job is to get the best of you and you get the best of me and we're fighting, I think Congress is making a mistake with that. And I think all leadership is not just, by the way, up top. It's in our city. It's in the local government. Uh, it's in school systems. It's, it's teachers against principals, principals against the upper management. It's every, and it's this culture of warfare. The school boards, I mean, stuff I've read about the school board. It's, it's just everywhere. And a house divided cannot make a decision, it cannot stand, and it leads to all kinds of problems. Now, as far as the uh, imperfections in government today and our leadership, we pray for God's righteousness to happen, we pray for peace, but I will not be disrespectful, I will not condemn or call names. If I don't think name-calling is right for them, I'm not going to name-call either. And I made a decision, you'll love this, this is interesting. Uh, This past week, um, I have a lot of friends, and I have a lot of friends who are very big Trump supporters, and... uh, and they are, I got friends who are totally against Trump. And so I, I have made a decision to love everybody. And I went to my Trump friends this week. I was in Dallas this week. 4,000 pastor leaders were there. I was invited to come and We came. We spoke. It was a powerful piece we did on racism. They spoke on racism. And they asked me to come and be a part of the sermon, which is really interesting. And um, I, I, I will, all I can say is it was profound. Uh, I'm not going to tell the whole story. I told it last night. If you want to hear it, you can go ahead and listen to the Saturday night uh, Q&A session where I talked about what I did and, and how um, this friend of mine pastors from Gateway Church, Robert Morris, and, um, and then um, Kenneth Ulmer uh, from, from L.A., Diane and myself, and then uh, Robert. We, it was a powerful um, session that they asked me to be a part of to publicly talk about how we can bring healing to our nation. And I feel like I need to love everybody. And I made a decision. And I I said this. If we disagree politically, I'm still going to love you. Because I'm not going to let neither height nor death nor politicians separate us from the love of God. Come on. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So I can say more, but I got to move on. All right. Next question. Um, What is the benefit of this challenging political season? Well, first of all, education. I I like to know what people think. I think if I don't know what people think, um, I'm the dumbest one in the room. So I want you to tell me what you think. I'm glad that a, a number of the p- people in America spoke up and um, it became what it became and the election went the way it went, but you now know. And always view these moments as a great time for you to, to learn what everybody thinks. If you only know what you think, what benefit is that? So I, I, I appreciate the fact that I know what others think. So education is a great benefit. And lastly, my last question for the day is, is it is the it responsibility of the government to give us a good life? That's another question. Well, you know, this whole issue of healthcare right now and this whole issue of, you know, what we should do, I believe that the Bible teaches that the government has a responsibility to the people. You saw that. That their job is to make life better for us. The, the, the whole idea of politics, by the way, is the word really basically means to care for the citizens' issues. It's about caring for the issues of the citizen. That's what politics is about. They meet to deal with the issues that we, the citizens need. And so I think that it is the responsibility of government, but it's not the responsibility of government. I think there's two sides to that coin. So for, let me show you the first side. If you look with me at um, um, under A here, I, I, I believe that we are called to be self-stewards. Can you say that with me, please? Come on. That means I steward myself. I cook my food, I clean my house, I wash my car. I am a steward of myself. And there are a couple of verses. Second Thessalonians chapter 3 verse 10 says, "If a man doesn't work, he should not eat. That's my responsibility. It's not, and you need to really get that. It's not I'm really good about that with people. Not, you are not my job. I don't live to help you on the 15th of every month or the 20th of every month, And you know I'm the one friend who will tell you, "Listen, you can't call me every month on the 20th." You're going to have to reorganize your life and get yourself on a – because it's not healthy for you. Because what if I die? You're going to die too. Come on. Give me a break. You have to be a self-steward. I don't mind helping. I don't mind. I'm a good friend. I don't mind helping. But there are boundaries. And I believe in that. Self-steward. Then Galatians chapter 6, verse 2. I love this because in verse 2 of chapter 6 and verse 5, there's, there's two messages. The first verse says, you ought to bear one another's burdens. You got to bear a burden. If a person got a burden that's too heavy for them to carry, you got to help them by bearing it. Verse 5 says, bear your own burden. When it's something you can handle, handle it yourself. If you can get to work by riding the bus, you don't have to call me to ride you all the time. Change your life, get on the bus schedule. I rode the bus for the first 15 years of my life. You won't die. A lot of people on the bus, look at them, they pass by, they all alive. <laughs> you may not like it, but that's, that's, what you, that's where you're rolling right now. Now, I don't mind if you can get a ride. There's nothing wrong with asking people for a ride if you can get one, but you can't get mad if everybody can't ride you. You got to call those people. Now, at least now you got Uber, right? Somebody must be riding people. They get all clapping over here. I don't know what that is. Uber, you know, you got to do something. Anyway, so uh, that's my first answer, self-stewardship. The second thing is there's something I believe called community stewardship. Community stewardship. Now, I, I chose a verse in Ezekiel 6, 16, verse 49. I heard this verse for the first time, noticed it for the first time. I've read it probably, but never noticed it. This is a verse where um, Ezekiel's prophesying, and he's saying why God destroyed Solomon and Gomorrah. Part of the reason was because they didn't care for the poor. I thought that was amazing. That God judged the whole community because they didn't care for the poor. Well, Jesus said the same thing. I was sick, he didn't visit me. I was hungry, he didn't feed me. In Matthew 25, 26. So, I mean, there's, there's tons of verses that talk about the responsibility of us as a community caring for the poor. And I believe that, that that is government's job to a degree. But I think that when you have people who don't see themselves as being responsible for themselves, so I eat what I want, I, eat, I, 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 I don't take care of myself, and then I get sick and I blame somebody else. Really? Really? I don't work, I don't try, I don't save anything. And then I run out of money, I feel like it's somebody got to save me right now. Really? People call, it's amazing, they call the church and say, I was on my way to Texas, and I left, I left Jacksonville, and I ran out of money. Did you measure how much gas you had? <laughs> aren't you a church? Is this a, aren't you a church? Aren't you a pastor? Yeah, I'm a pastor. I'm about to hang up. You call here, man, I'm not crazy. Why are you calling here? You, 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 you could have stayed in Jacksonville till you had the gas. First of all, you're going the wrong way. <laughs> yeah. <You're, laughs> you know, to get to Texas, you go to I-10, you go 95, you don't go, you don't go north, you go south, and in Jacksonville, you get on to the I-10, so it's first of all, you think, I don't know geography, that's the first thing, so <laughs> my point is, you know, there's, um, those, are, those are what, those to me are, that's a balanced way to look at that, and I'm done with my three questions and pre-questions. We got four internet questions. What are the questions we got on the internet today? And uh, we're going to answer them first. And then how many of you have questions for me, political questions in the house? Let me see your hand. Got one. We got two. Anybody else? We got two. Okay. That's all we got is two? All right. Three? Got three. Okay. We'll come to you in just a second. Let's do the internet first. First question is what, sir? Good morning, Pastor. Good morning. First question is, is patriotism biblical or another divisive tool that Satan uses? I think you, I think it's been... <laughs> <laughs> That's loaded. The way they said that, it's Satan's using, yeah. Um, division is always bad, and the enemy always wants to use division as a tool to hurt us. T- patriotism is something, and I, it, that is defined by the culture. Uh, in some cultures, being a patriot is kneeling. In some cultures, patriotism is standing. In some cultures, patriotism is doing nothing. It's standing still. You know, so it depends on where you are. If you're in London and you pass by certain places, you stand still. I mean, so that depends on where you are. I do think it has been used in a way that's unfortunate. Let me jump to a bigger question. The question is about this kneeling and bowing during the anthem thing. Um, I wish, when I first saw that, which is kind of where I think they're headed, the, when I first saw Kaepernick do that, I, and he was seated, I thought, come on, dude. What do you, but I understood the point. The point was... I'm trying to protest what he, you know, police abuse. I get that. To me, you got to talk about it. And it raised a lot of energy, a lot of discussion. But I, but here's what I believe. Let not your good be evil spoken of, Romans chapter 14. Sometimes you, you have a good, good message, but if you don't package it right, somebody can hijack it and take it someplace it's not supposed to be. And I think that when you blended it, when, so that you changed it and said, okay, I'm a Neil, uh, a Navy SEAL recommended to him that, don't sit kneel take a knee that's a sign of honor and you're not you're honoring the flag but everybody didn't really know that and again because it wasn't communicated here's what i'm going to do now i greeted sitting if he had said i know that sitting people misunderstood me i'm now going to kneel i'm honoring the flag i'm not this. i'm a patriot if he'd said that then and then it would have been maybe maybe not perceived differently but he just starts sitting then he went to kneeling and people are trying to figure out what's he doing I didn't even know what he was doing. So then all of a sudden now it became political and the president spoke about it. Now it become, it's just it, and it, So sometimes the problem is you have a good message. You want to talk about justice and community. That's fine. Um, but if you're not careful, how you communicate things can be hijacked and taken someplace you don't want it to be. Now he's out of a job, millions of dollars. Okay, now what? Uh, and now we're still talking about this and... Nobody knows whether to kneel, sit, stand, doing the whole thing. It's a mess. But I, I think ultimately, Dr. Evans said this. We were, in, we were all together, as I said, Monday. Uh, Tony Evans, he said, and I agree with him, you know, separate the two. You know, you have your, if you're going to protest something, protest it, honor the flag, keep them separate. So nobody thinks you're doing one or the other. No one can be confused. And so that's my answer. I agree with that. Hope that helps. The second question. second question is kind of related. Is having love for flag and country considered adultery? No. Adultery? Idolatry. Idolatry. No, no, no. Honoring your flag. If honor to whom honor is due, the Bible says, there's nothing wrong with honoring your flag. There's nothing wrong with respecting the place that gave you the freedom you have. No, I, I'm, I'm, I'm for that. I hold my hand over my heart and, and um, sing the Star-Spangled Banner. And as long as I don't make my country my God, then I'm okay. Next question. Turn right here. Say it again. Would Jesus be more concerned about the reason behind the protest or the form of the protest? I think Jesus looks at our hearts and he sees past all the smoke. I think we get caught up in the smoke and the news reports and, and all the interpreters of the news. The bottom line is we need to find a way to unite. Bottom line. Next question Would Jesus participate in protests? And should we as Christians participate? I think Jesus protested when he went in the temp- temple and knocked those, all the stuff over. And um, There's a right way to protest. I, I, I believe in it, but I think that there's a, there's a right way and a wrong way. I think that Je- Jesus was normally in his, in his protest um, focused. Um, he protested the way women were treated. He protested the way that uh, the poor were treated. He protested the way, but he did it in a way that was... Um, um, focused on resolving and communicating a God kingdom message in it rather than just making people angry and picking sides. Sometimes I think we get so big on picking sides and debating and we're not trying to lead people to a place of unity. The biggest message here is a house divided cannot what? Stand. Nor can it make decisions. We're going to disagree. Anybody in here uh, have siblings and you disagree with them? Raise your hand. Okay, I didn't ask you did you fight, I just asked you did you disagree, right? And and what fixed it? You came together. You laid down your differences and you started talking. That's what we need to do in this country regarding all these issues. Now we have three questions in the house. Where are you? Raise your hand please. Raise your hand so the mic can come to you please. There was one here, one here. Okay, you got the mic. Go for it. Yes. This pass. That's because you're anointed, girl. Go ahead. (laughs) You got power, don't worry, try it again. This past week, the Trump administration rolled back the mandate for um, birth control to be part of the central benefits of insurance um, policies for um, religious and some non-for-profit organizations. Um, would this church as a religious employer deny women employees access to birth control as part of the insurance package that this church provides them? Aren't you, a great question. Isn't isn't that a great church question? Isn't that just great? And see this is, I wanna know what you think. The answer is no, we would not deny it. Because first of all, birth control pills are used for more than just birth control. Ta-da, they are. Uh, they help with, with cycle, cycle, controlling your cycle. They help with uh, sometimes acne. They help with a number of things. Aren't you shocked I know that? <laughs> da, da, da. Wow, the pastor knew that. Man, that was amazing. <laughs> a lot of the guys said, I didn't know that, man, really? No, and so I, I, I'm, you know, but again, I, I, that's just one of those things that I, I don't fully get, but that's what I'd say. That's my answer. No, we, w- we won't do that as an employer. And my goal is to make our health care better. As a matter of fact, we're we in negotiations now. We, we have a really good, good plan with our, with, for our staff, um, um, and uh, we're upgrading it. Um, I try to keep, uh, we provide uh, for the staff person full coverage and half for their, st- for their family. And, um, and the rates are pretty reasonable for them. Um, my goal is to get the deductibles down and the out-of-pocket down. And so I had a meeting about a week ago, and we're working a strategy that I think will do that for them. Um, they have 401K matching up to 4%. Uh, and my goal is to see that improve. I'm trying to, trying to fatten and, and broaden not only salaries because I want them to be paid more. I don't want them to have just a livable wage. I want them to have a smileable wage. But I come on, amen. I do. Yeah. You can't clap if you don't give now. Praise God. <laughs> you can't clap because <laughs> I can't give them air. Praise God. I got to give them some money. So you, you know, so you see, praise God, so we can treat people right. Um, you know, we're having, my goal is fewer staff, higher wages, higher technology, so that I can pay better wages and keep people longer term and get better, higher qualified people to help me do a better job. So um, the answer to that is what I just said. Hope that helps. Somebody else. Somebody else. Where, where was it? We have, uh, your hands were up right here. Okay. And where's the other one? Raise your hand. I think we have another one. Okay. Thank you. Yes. Yes, I'm kind of concerned about what you said about some of the people that you've been speaking to about uh, President Trump. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of concerned about the church backing somebody. It's not what MSNBC are all these. It's, mm-hmm. the, it's words that come out this man's mouth mm-hmm. himself. So how can you back somebody so divisive? That's a great question. Well, I mean, first of all, um, people vote from where they sit. And when you live in a house with people and you're trying to make decisions, everybody's got an uncle that doesn't say what you want them to say. Everybody's got somebody in your life that speaks out of turn. As a matter of fact, if they were coming to the house, you'd give them a speech. Listen, now my pastor's coming by today. And I don't need you to be special. <laughs> I had an uncle like that. That uncle, he would say all kinds of stuff, man. He, he told my wife one time, I'll slap you down. He told Diane that he was going to slap him. He was joking, but Diane didn't get the joke. <laughs> so so I, I did. I had to call a prayer meeting real fast. Because she came over to me. You now, your wife comes to you and says, I'm going to tell you something. You need to deal with your uncle, like right now. Your uncle just told me he's going to slap me down. Ha, ha, ha. That's okay, baby. I got it. I got it. I got it. So I called. He, he, he was sorry. And after that, she was an angel. He loved her from, he only. Talk about how beautiful she was. But my point is, you got somebody in office now that says what he wants to say. The people that I meet with that are friends of mine said, and, you know, they, they talk to him, and sometimes he listens to them, sometimes he doesn't. Their point is, at least we're here to say it to him. That's their argument. Now, he's, and they said if we were Hillary fans and if Hillary had, had allowed us, we would have been willing to say the same thing to Hillary. Um, I don't know that in family, or in, and this is an American family, You're going to have these moments. It does say uh, a lot. I I am concerned. I'll say this to you. I am concerned about the evangelical church. I'm concerned about the fact that we're rebranding the church now where they're going to see you as a political force that's only right in your thoughts. And you're not interested in anybody else's concerns. Everything else is liberal and evil. That you define everything by abortion, by gay rights, by, you know, the three or four big things that you feel are important to you. And um, you're, not, you're a little bit insensitive when it comes to immigration, uh, a lot insensitive in many ways. Um, if you know anybody that uh, was born here, that works here, that went in the military, that paid taxes, and now you want to send them back to Mexico, really? Really, the dreamers? I mean, I, I just think you've got to know dreamers. I know dreamers. They're dreamers in Savannah. And they're dreamers who've attended our church. The dreamers in, they're dreamers that attend our church. And when I was in L.A., I pastored... Uh, church, um, part of my responsibility when I was pastoring both churches, we had English side, Spanish side. On the Spanish side, we had about 7,000. Um, we had Dreamers on volunteer teams. We had Dreamers. We had, it was amazing. And so I just, I, just I, I think a lot of times as a leader, you have to be careful with what you say. And the, believe me, one thing you have to be honest about, and I'm going to say this. Uh, our president is not any respective person. He attacked Republicans, Democrats, Independence, black, white, Asians, women, men, children. Now you got to be fair. He tweets on everybody. And if I said something, he'd be tweeting on me. Ricky Temple, ha ha, you know, whatever. He makes some joke up on me. I mean, so let's be fair. We just need to pray and work our way forward. Amen. So I hope that helps. Okay. Thank you. Anybody else have a question for me? Uh, uh, you don't get this all the time. Uh, there you go, right here. Uh, I, I'm here to listen to you today, and then we're going to let you go in a few minutes. Time's almost up. Yes. Hi, Pastor Rick. Hi. I want to go back to the current um, event that you talked about, uh, uh, gun control. Yes. Even though um, uh, somebody told me, well, you have God, you believe in the Lord, and he'll protect you, but how do you feel about a packing pastor? A packing? I mean, uh, hold on, wait a minute. Wait yeah. wait. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> no, I ain't got nothing. y'all say, He got a gun. <laughs> Let me show you all. Let me show you right now. Let me show you. I see. You know they will say that, right? He was packing. He was well. He, he was I'm good, saying, right? what, what I'm saying is that you know, um, I, I, for me, I feel like it's okay to have a have a weapon. Um, I'm a, in the house by myself with me and Tamari, and I feel like um, well, it was an event that happened when I came home late one night and someone was in my yard, and um, I didn't know him from a can of paint. So, all right. So he, I'm glad. I'm sure we saw your weapon. He left. Anyway, let me say this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what happened. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay, let me, let, me, um, let me give you my opinion about that. The Christians are really amazing, and this has got to be my last one. I think that's it. I, I, our time is really up. The Christians are amazing when it comes to this issue of guns and stuff. Uh, I'm sorry, is there one more? No, if he had a mic, you can, you let him have it. No. Okay. Um, the um, Christians, when they get in trouble, um, people used to c- complain and say, I have, I have police officers, I have security in the church, and they, and they have weapons and have guns. And they said, oh, God, you're letting people with guns in the church. Okay, so let me figure this out. You don't believe in a weapon, okay? So what I do when I get in trouble is I call 911 and I say, send somebody here with a gun to shoot them for me. Now, I'm not telling all you to go get a gun. I'm just making a point. I believe that it is um, important for me to obey the law. It's important for me if I'm going to carry a weapon to do it right. And and I believe you should be trained to understand how to use a gun. Do I believe a pastor should carry a gun? If he feels like he wants to, I think it's his right. Um, but I think that um, my friends in Texas, when they were up uh, this Monday, they, they were teasing, yeah, you know, in Texas we shoot you. I thought, okay, that's, that's a good joke, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but in different parts of the world, people think differently about that. Um, I personally think you'd have to be a responsible gun owner, go through all the right training and all that, so... Um, a pastor, uh, a and uh, preacher. It's okay if he does it right. So, I'm done. But I ain't got nothing on y'all. Saw that, right? We're done. Did you enjoy today? Thank you. Father, I thank you for the questions. I thank you for all that was said today. I pray that for our country. I pray for our president. I pray for our vice president. I pray for all of the leaders. I pray for our our mayor, our governor. I pray for, Lord God, the division in our country. I pray for healing. I pray for the church that we would respond correctly to the needs of people, uh, both near and far. May we show that we care. May we never be people who seem arrogant or insensitive. I pray that the Holy Spirit would help us be a listening church. A church that cares about the practical everyday needs of our people and we give you all the praise and we give you all the glory in jesus name everyone say amen Amen. now listen here's the deal if you would say today okay that you did you hear a sermon you could say there's a lot of bible verses on this on these notes so you can't say you didn't hear the word and and i hope i helped you see the world you live in a little better and i hope that you leave out of here and say You know what? I'm going to pray for our leadership, and I'm going to stay cool, calm, and collected, and God is still on the throne. Come on, say amen. Come on, God is still on the throne.